Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Last time we learned about what we call the Dominion Mandate. The Dominion Mandate was given by God to both man and woman in Genesis chapter 1. This is God speaking in Genesis 1 verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Well, that word rule reflects the dominion mandate. Verses 27 and 28, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The word rule is there again, and the word subdue. Rule and subdue reflects the dominion mandate. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 28. Being succinct. To rule means to have dominion. In fact, in some English translations of the Bible, you will find the word dominion instead of rule. It can also be understood to mean to trample down or to master. To subdue is to bring into bondage or to conquer. These sound like military words, conquering and ruling, ruling and conquering. But the context of Genesis 1 does not fit the spirit of conflict because everything God made was very good. Yet the meaning is that men and women, made in the image of God, are appointed by God as His vice-regents to rule over the rest of His creation. God is King. We report to and are held accountable by Him. We are not autonomous kings and queens, but vice-regents, rulers appointed by our one sovereign Lord. Listen to Psalm chapter 8, verses 6 through 8. You, God, make Him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under His feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the seas. That's Psalm 8. God made you and I to rule over the works of His hands. God put all things under our feet. All those animals on the land, in the sky, and in the sea, all of these are under our rule. In summary, the earth, And all living creatures in the earth are ours to rule and to subdue. But a keen listener may want to know, this mandate was given by God to the first man, Adam, and the first woman, Eve. But does this mandate still apply to us today? Good question. The answer is yes, this still applies. 
Let me briefly show you why. I am turning to Genesis chapter 9. In Genesis 9, the flood has subsided and God chooses to bless Noah. Let's listen to what God says to Noah in Genesis 9, verses 1 and 2. And you tell me if this sounds similar to what you heard me read in Genesis 1. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear of you and the terror of you will be on every beast of the earth and on every bird of the sky, with everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are given. What God did here is to renew the dominion mandate. So the dominion mandate was given before men and women's fall into sin, and the mandate continues after the fall into sin. The fear and terror of us is on the earth and all living creatures. And the next verse, verse 3, is the first time human beings are given permission to eat animal flesh. No wonder fear and terror fell on the animals that can now be hunted down and eaten. Previously, men and women were vegetarians, plant eaters. I hope this answers the question some of you may have had. We still have the dominion mandate. Okay, good, but what does this dominion to rule and subdue look like in practice? Can you give us something practical here to put our hands on, Swallow? Let me try. I think the best way and the most biblical way to think about our role and our responsibility is that we are stewards of God's creation. God has appointed us as caretakers of all that he has made. The Life Application Bible put it this way, and I like this. God was careful how he made this earth. We must not be careless about how we take care of it. I'll give that to you again. God was careful how he made this earth. We must not be careless about how we take care of it. Our friend Henry Morris put it this way, Man is to care for the earth and its creatures, developing and utilizing the earth's resources, not to despoil and deplete them for selfish pleasure. Maybe I should give that to you again as well. We are to care for the earth and its creatures, developing and utilizing the earth's resources, not to despoil and deplete them for selfish pleasure. And that is exactly right. Here are some examples that flow through my mind, and I will get at the first one with a short true story. Just the other day, I was standing on the sidewalk on a busy city street. I was waiting for some family members who were shopping, kind of in and out of some small shops. And I was standing there minding my own business when a woman comes out of the 7-Eleven convenience store with a drink box in her hand. It is one of these where a little straw is attached and that straw was wrapped in plastic. Out of the corner of my eye, I watch as she opens the straw, pops it in her drink, and drops the plastic cover right on the ground and walks off. I am appalled. 
littering, so obvious about it, as if she does not have a care in the world. There was a very practical example. Under the dominion mandate as stewards of God's creation, do not litter. Friends, let's all properly dispose of our trash. Some other examples include recycle, reuse our bags, print on both sides of a piece of paper. When a room is not in use, turn off the lights and air conditioning. Be good stewards of how much water we use. For example, do not water our lawns every day. Do not waste food. Eat everything on our plates. And then, of course, thoroughly clean up oil spills and other kinds of pollutants that have infiltrated the earth. And again, these are just some examples. You can think of many others. I believe this is all part of being good and faithful stewards of God's creation. Be whom he has called us to be. Vice-regents who rule and subdue and have dominion all in honor of our God-King. I am thinking about Psalm 24, verse 1, which certainly speaks to our stewardship. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. This earth belongs to God, all it contains, all who dwell in it. We are just stewards of all that is His. I hope we will take this to mind and to heart and apply what we are learning today to how we all live. If so, we will please God and enhance our witness and testimony for Christ in this world. Christians do care about the environment. In fact, we are commanded by God to do so. Let's let the world know this about us. In the next chapter of the book of Genesis, Genesis 2, we have a primary biblical example of what stewardship looks like in practice. This is what I want to talk about when we meet together next time, so let me take some time this time to read in Genesis 2. I will read verses 8 through 15. Follow along if you have the Bible handy. Genesis 2, beginning in verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Pishon. It flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. The Delume and the Onyx Stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. That was Genesis 2, 8 through 15, and I am particularly interested in verse 15, the last verse I read. God put man into the Garden in Eden to cultivate it and keep it. That is, to be a good and godly steward of the garden. 
We will talk about this and continue to explore the biblical response to the environment and those who are so passionate about preserving it. I hope that you will continue with us next time, because God is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others, and be sure and join me for the next one.